It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hey, everybody. This is Greg Gutfeld. This is the one. Happy New Year. Getting over the flu. Last couple of weeks have been hell. But I am excited about my next guest. He's a comedian and an author and a political satirist. He's perhaps best known, though, for creating a Twitter persona or is it persona persona um, that has basically trolled the woke media. It's a creation from his mind that is based on every woke person you've ever met. The woke person's name, and I hope I get it right, is Titania McGrath. I don't know if you've seen that name on Twitter. But some of the most inventive and hilarious tweets you'll ever see have come out of this fake person's mouth and has tricked a lot of people in the media. Uh, The person behind that, comedian Andrew Doyle. How are you, Andrew? I'm pretty good, thank you. I'm pretty good. Excellent. So did you you create this character? First of all, I want to ask you who the character is. And and I'm I'm just wondering if you actually thought it was going to take off like it did. Well, the, the character is uh, pretty much, as you've described, a very kind of woke, uh, f- female woke activist who's constantly looking to be offended about absolutely everything else. <laughs> and she, she trawls online to try and find any tweet or anything that she can say is in some way uh, an example of discrimination or, or racism or sexism or homophobia. And I think what you said uh, about how um, lots of people in the media have fallen for her or have assumed that she's real mm-hmm. is because there's so many people like that out there like she's just this identifiable figure we all know exactly who i'm talking about right um and i think that's that's probably why it took off i didn't i to be honest i didn't expect it to or anticipate that i just did it for my own sake because everything was pretty much driving me insane yes you know, I, I, the, <laughs> the constant woke madness and it, it, it's it's it, the only thing and because of course you know the the kind of woke activists you can't reason with them you can't sit and talk to them because they're they're, they're in this sort of cult yeah. they're in this sort of cultish mindset and so all that's really left to do is to laugh and try and undermine their power that way that's the only thing i could think of to do yeah you know it's funny um i was at the launch of the huffington post i think it was like 2003 2004 and yeah. uh was one of their first bloggers i was living at london living in london um editing maxim uk and so i was uh, I was writing for them. And when yeah. I read uh, it, just I, I guess it brings back um, PTSD when I read your uh, column, because I feel I feel like she is the perfect was the perfect Huffington Post columnist that you created. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering, did anybody reach out to her as a fan, like legitimately, like uh, uh, like embarrassingly oh, like like I think you're the greatest person did any, I mean, I mean, do you like to do were, were there people in the press that were interested in meeting you, this person? Yeah, I had actually it was an American talk show host. I can't remember who it was now. An American talk show host who contacted her saying, I think your tweet's really interesting. Can, we, can you come and talk to me about this uh, <laughs> on, on the show? I, I wish I could remember who that was now. Oh. And um, and she replied mm-hmm. uh, saying, yes, but I have some conditions. I think some of the conditions were that she would she would not interact with any male, <laughs> any men whatsoever, and that she would have some time to do some of her uh, progressive slam poetry on the show or something like that. But what was great, to be fair, was when when the uh, this host realized that it was a spoof, she started playing along with it as well. I and see. I thought that was that was really great. Actually, that was really good. You. Um, po- well, I'm not going to say you because I just gave away the whole story. A column was uh, uh, an op-ed was published in the Independent. Can you? Ex- I mean, this, can you explain what this was? And right. um, 
it, it, it oh. was basically talking about how harmful comedians were. Uh, would you take you? You'll explain it better to me, and then and then if you could just tell us what happened at the end and what the actual article was. Well, the Independent newspaper is a, a major um, newspaper here in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, but they've gone very very woke of, yeah. of late. And, and and to give you a very good example of this, actually, there was an article today in the Independent absolutely destroying Ricky Gervais for his um, <laughs> I saw speech that. at Gold Globes. And it, 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 I've had about twenty or thirty tweets today asking me if I wrote that <laughs> because because it's such a kind of it's like something some old school mom would write right very disproving and oh this is outrageous it's like something out of the the 50s or something anyway so that's the independent for you Mm -hmm. and they've got a bit of a habit they're a bit like the guardian like that they've got a bit of a habit of writing articles to attack comedians and attack the kind of jokes that comedians say so i thought you know it'd be quite interesting if titania submitted a piece and to see if they would publish it and and to see if they would uh, publish from someone they didn't know, you right. know, just some as long as it was woke enough, as long as it had the right message. So um, I, I, there was an uh, basically an article was written, let's put it that way, by someone called Liam Evans, who was an unknown. He'd never published anything before. Nothing. No presence on the Internet. Yeah. And his argument was that that comedians should be subject to hate speech laws and investigated by the police mm-hmm. if they cross the line, if they say offensive things. Mm-hmm. And the independent published it without doing any background checks or anything, just because they agreed with the message. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, it's still online. If you take the fourth letter of every sentence in that article, it spells out the phrase, Titania McGrath wrote this, you gullible hack. <laughs> and the thing is, they didn't, they, they, they just went with it. Yes. They just went with it. And I think, and of course, the target there was was the woke media, the yeah. fact that they will publish something by it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter how ludicrous it is or how 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 um, authoritarian right. it is in tone. Uh, in fact, that's even better for them. They'll just publish because they support the message and they want the message out there. And what's interesting is that that's that article, although that was an obvious hoax. Um, I mean, that's another thing. They shouldn't have published it because I think it was completely obvious, right. obviously made up. But having said that, there have been articles on The Independent and The Guardian since then, which are even more extreme, mm-hmm. which are not made up. So, you know, what can you do? Yeah, you know, I also believe uh, that the reason why the media falls for this or or runs stuff like this, it's, it's a virtue signal that protects themselves because right. they, you know, they'll <clears throat> like a person that is a pig. Let's say just a, 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 a let's say a, a, an actual like you know philandering yeah. pig can cover him cover his tracks with enough virtue signaling, hoping that oh like you know for the next couple of years they'll leave him alone if they're sufficiently woke. I mean, you look at uh, Harvey Weinstein, you know, he ticked all the the feminist boxes, you know, right. under the assumption that that would create some kind of shield. And I do <laughs> think the media sees a lot of this stuff as a way to keep the mob away from them. Well, it's, sure, I you mean, know the number. The number of times you see uh, very, very vocal male feminists and they turn out to be these predatory yes. monsters. Exactly. That's what makes me very suspicious when some, when some, when some uh, male is sort of going on about intersectionality all the time. I think, ah, oh, OK. Yeah. But, oh, that, you know, obviously that doesn't mean anything. But, but even, even if you haven't done anything, even if you haven't done anything wrong, the, the, the woke uh, tribe will get you in the end. They'll yep. find some way to attack you and bring you down. I mean, I get called all sorts of names, horrible sort of ghastly accused of all sorts of ideas that I just don't believe in things yeah. that I've never thought or said, you know, and it's, it's because they don't know what you do. And, and it's because they don't care about the truth. Right. They don't care about the truth. They care about this fantasy world that they've created for themselves in which every other person is a fascist. And anyone who's a conservative is, is an evil Nazi and all this sort of just rubbish. Uh, and I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's what you say about 
virtue signaling. If, if you're if you're fighting the demons that are out there, then you look like the hero. You look like yeah. the knight in shining yeah. armor. Maybe that's what it's all about. Maybe it's genuinely well intentioned. Maybe a lot of people have have really really bought into this 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 myth that we live in this horrendous um, uh, neo-Nazi world. You know, so I don't know, but it's it's dangerous. It's 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 very backward thinking. Uh, and it's very divisive, you know, this kind of emphasis on, you know, what your skin color is, what your sexuality is, what gender you are above all things. I mean, this is like it's unpicking what the civil rights movement was all about, which is that we're all the same. We're all equal. Yeah. You know, that's why that's why I think it, it's worth taking down, because I think it I think it it takes us backwards to a very dark place. Yeah. yeah. What scares me is we've all been familiar with this stuff. I was, you know, it, it, it was um it wasn't called identity politics before, but there was always a hard left contingent in, in academia. My fear as I've gotten older is that it's left academia and uh, social media has, has been a great amplifier of it. But it's now in, it's now in human resources. It's, yeah. in, it's, 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 it's the toxin has escaped the lab and it's out there. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I think because so, – you make this point in one of the articles that you wrote too um, – this is you're talking about a small minority of people that are wielding oh. a disproportionate amount of power. And and so when they're moving to companies, the companies just cower and th- they, they think, you know, if they just have another um, 5K cancer run or something like that, they're going to be safe. You know, they they like they they don't know how to deal with this stuff. No, because it's scary because you lose your livelihood. It's yeah. all very well for me. Like I'm I'm really privileged because, you know, I'm a writer and a comic. I say whatever I want and I don't have a boss. Yeah. Right. So I so I can do whatever I want. Um, but if you're not, I mean, if I was still a teacher, if I was still working in the call center that I was doing, I couldn't make the jokes I make. I couldn't write the things I write because someone would call me up and say, oh, no, no this is an issue. This threatens, you know, the whatever diversity policy or whatever it is, you know. So and this does affect everyone and people are just sick of it. They're sick of treading on eggshells. They're sick of worried about making jokes and being misinterpreted. And it's um, yeah, like you say, it, it sort of incubated back in academia. Mm-hmm. And just as it was becoming unfashionable in, in the academic right. world, it sort of somehow migrated yeah. uh, into the into, into the real world into the human resources like you say a governmental quangos that sort of decide uh, what things we can hear and you know this kind of stuff so it's you know i really always emphasize this it's not the majority the majority right. are on our side about, about this when it comes to the cultural and it's not about left and right either. yeah that's why i you know I've, I've got so many friends on the left and the right mm-hmm. uh who are all sick of this idea. It's basically a conflict between who believes in liberty and who believes in in, in handing over authority to these very sort of curious and power-hungry people. Yeah, you know, um, I, th- I think about uh, some of the latest – some of the mo- more recent victims. Um, uh, geez, I can't I, – I, one of them I had on my podcast who wrote how to – how I uh, – oh, Jesus Christ. I can't think of his name. He's um, – A big he impression. Was, he was uh, – <laughs> Um, God, I knew him too. He was a bald fella. They wrote a book. He wrote a book, how to influence, how to, how to lose friends and alienate oh, people. You're talking about Toby Young. Yeah, Toby Young. So he was yeah. a guy that was, he lost a charity that he's founded. He lost yeah. a charity that he exactly. founded his job. So, and that was, and, and, and I mean, he was one of the, one of the, and then you had that, el, who's that elderly philosopher who was a, um, Roger Scruton. Ro- Roger Scruton. Who, I mean, yeah. I mean, it is just amazing that these people just get etched out. And and what it, what it is in those cases, I think, I mean, like in the case of Toby Young, it was similar to the um, the Kevin Hart case that you right. had in America to withdraw from the Oscars. It was tweets that he'd sent a number of years ago that were obviously jokey tweets, but were offensive to some people. Right. 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 And, and, and this is the tactic is what they'll do is they'll try and find something you've ever said 
and and you know as though people don't make mistakes as though people don't misspeak you know they, they because they don't believe you can ever come back from a mistake which but is your, an awful your point go ahead sorry got, Oh, I'm just saying that with Toby Young and with, with Roger Scruton, the real real reason they were attacked is because they're conservative, because yeah. they're right wing. Yeah, that's, that's really true. what it was about. So they'll find absolutely anything. I mean, in the case of Roger Scruton, the guy from it was a publication called The New Statesman yeah. in this country, not only misquoted what he said, actually reversed the meaning of what yep. he said. Yep. So he ended up looking like a racist. And actually what he was saying was an anti-racist point. Now, that's pretty low. And it also means that the journalist must have known mm-hmm. what he was but they don't care about the truth. They they all to him. He was just thinking, I'm taking down a right winger. I'm taking down a conservative. This is low stuff. Yeah, uh, I remember too. The uh, the editor, I, I believe, had his comeuppance. Right? He, I mean, the guy from this New Statesman ended up. He got caught out. I think he did. He lose his job, or was he just suspended? Or he didn't. He was demoted. Right. He was demoted. I mean, I mean, if that. If, if lying about someone you're interviewing and utterly misrepresenting them in order to have them fired isn't uh, worthy of losing your job, I don't know what exactly. is. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it's incredible. Do, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. He, and the only reason it got caught out is because uh, D- Douglas Murray, who's a, yeah. a, a, a journalist here, mm-hmm. really pursued it and, and, and made sure that we got access to the original recordings of that interview so that we could determine what, what Roger Scruton had actually yeah. said. You know, Douglas – go ahead. Sorry. It's just so unbelievable that there's no moral compass there. You know, yeah. I mean, it's all very yeah. well. Why can't we just disagree politically mm-hmm. without resorting to these really underhand ad hominem tactics uh, and trying to destroy each other? I, I, I think it's absolutely disgusting. You know, it, it is what is probably one of the worst cultural trends in his in like modern history. Yeah. And it is designed because what you're at with the question that you're asking is what they're not interested in, which is the idea of dialogue and conversation in community. Right. It, it, what they found is what they believe is a solution to eliminate that. Because yeah. uh, as, if I if I think you're wrong, we can have a debate. But if I think you're evil, we can't debate. Sure. So now now just by saying you're evil, I, I eliminate I eliminate the whole idea of debate. I had Douglas Murray on this show, like, I don't know, a couple of months ago, and we yeah. talked about another real area of concern, attacks on science and especially the the, the idea of gender. And it's like this yes. is some really scary stuff because it, it, it is directly counter to common sense. But if yes. you point it out, if you say, actually, I disagree, I don't think men and women are an artificial construct – you, yeah. I mean, it's a that. How did this become dangerous? And what you're talking again about is a tiny, tiny, tiny minority who have an yeah. outsized impact through intimidation and fear. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I've, I've spoken about gender and sexuality in the past, and, and biological sex, and, uh, and I've been called a horrendous transphobe for pointing out that we, we are a, a, a binary species, and there are such things as men and women. You know, yeah. This shouldn't be a controversial thing. I mean, <laughs> no. I, you know, if you don't have biolog- the biological reality of male and female, then there is no such thing as trans. Trans doesn't exist. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, you know, this is not it's not it's also I should point out is not the thing that the vast majority of trans people want. Right. You know, this this is completely um, uh, it's undermining a lot of uh, the work that that a lot most trans people are doing. And it's 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 making it's, it's a, making people think that trans people are these sort of it's a great insane, point. angry people. And then they're, they're not that they just want to get on with their lives. Yeah, it's you know, a tiny minority of lobbyists and activists and, and angry people on Twitter who are just smearing everyone else by association. Yeah. Do you know what it is? It has nothing to do with straight, gay, lesbian, trans, it's the second part. It's the activist yeah. mentality or sensibility yeah. that is doing it. I, I, saw, I saw a survey of, of trans, and they are more conservative 
than the general population. Into and it, it right. is it's like if you look at what they believe in, and so what so what you're hearing out of let's say a hundred trans. There's yeah. one person, and generally that one person, there is something that has nothing to do with gender, but psycho- there's a psychological issue going on that you also see in other hardcore social justice activists, a certain kind of a mixture of, of, uh, of hate, hate and envy, bitterness, hate and envy, and something about their own life that makes them unhappy. I, you brought up Ricky Gervais, and I want to get to that. Uh, um, what did you make of his performance at the Golden Globes? Utterly fantastic. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And it, it's some it's it's a very difficult gig, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I I've often seen these things at various award ceremonies, and of course the people there, it's not your typical comedy audience, it's yeah. a very specific kind of audience. Uh it's you know, and he was there to um uh, I actually interviewed him for the for the Spectator magazine a, 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 about a month ago, mm-hmm. and I was asking him about the Globes and what he was going to do. And he was saying, "Well, the problem is, you know, he's he's got to entertain the people in the room, but he's also got to mock the people in the room because he's entertaining the people at home as well." Exactly. And, and and these people in that room are amongst the most privileged people in the world. You couldn't get more privileged. They are the creme de la creme, you know, right? They're millionaires. They've got absolutely everything on a plate. And people get very annoyed with them pontificating about yeah. rights and wrongs and about the way that they should behave and the things that they should say because these people they're not in the real world. They're pampered. Let's face it, they're utterly pampered. They don't know anything. And um, so it's great to see someone stand up there and just uh, and just totally take them down in that way, in that in that in a very funny, very smart way that really needles the right people in the right way and and and, and gets the, the balance right. You know, mm. and he attacked all sides. Yeah. You know, he went for everyone. I, and, you know, I think it was non you know, it was nonpartisan attacks. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it was just what he was going after, really. Yeah. To the into a, the bigger point about what we were talking about. Um, there are two. There are two things that are interesting about Ricky Gervais. It, Ricky Gervais is outspoken in terms of freedom of expression. He's, I think, he's on the same page as you are in this world. What we're talking about with uh, the woke, he is not. He is not pro woke. Uh, no. he, he makes it very clear. But the key is he doesn't have a boss, so he has the abil- the the the, free- the freedom, the ability to do whatever he wants. And also, right. he's a classic liberal. If I were to do, uh, and I do do what he does, and I do it over here, but I have a boss, I could be I could be taken out at any minute. And number two, my opinion means nothing because I'm on Fox News. So if I were to like come out and say, oh, well, what do you expect from a right wing guy like me? But the the yes. importance of of Ricky Gervais. Is that he's an outspoken liberal? You know, he obviously does. He's he's no he's no Trumper. Uh, I don't, I don't know where he stands on Brexit, but I'm assuming he's against it. Uh, and but yet he what what has happened? Modern contemporary leftism has pushed the sensible liberal out of out of that out of that world. They're almost well, without an island. I mean, they're a man but, without an island. It's because it's because they bought into the idea of you're not with us, you're against us, which yeah. is the thing that Bush said during the Iraq war, of course. Or, yeah. Well, if you're not with us, you're against us. It's a horrible kind of tribal uh, idea. There's no room for nuance there whatsoever. I mean, even like you say, you know, um, uh, last time I was on Fox News, I had people saying to me, well, now you're like them. You're, exactly. You're, you're, and it's like, well, no, I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to do this. I believe that everyone should be talking to each other more. I think I think. Uh, that's the problem that we've got at the moment is that people on the left and right aren't talking because of this guilt by association nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people need to be brave enough not to not to do that, just to, to bypass that. Uh, and yeah, you're right. In fact, with, with Ricky Gervais's speech after that, uh, he's been called right wing online right. by all sorts of woke people. He's attacking the most multi multi millionaires mm-hmm. and, corp- and Apple. He's attacking corporations. Right. Yeah. How is that in any world right wing? It's because they it's because in the culture war. 
right and left don't actually mean anything anymore because people don't know what it means anymore. Exactly. And I think that's – it's uh, maybe that's progress, but it's scary – to me – this is wor- – like I miss the days of right versus left because this is like – this is more pernicious because it's under – it's kind of undermining what it's like to be a human being. It's undermining yeah. our freedom of expression. So I'm going to ask you as a, as a as an exit question, like how does one oh, – OK, two-part two question. Sure. Is this getting worse before it gets better? Will it get better? How do you combat the woke – when, 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 like if the woke decides to target a friend of yours or, or, yeah. or, or targets you – um, I, I, Claire Lehman used the phrase share the risk. And I think it sounds yeah. easier than it is. But do you have any advice for that? Like, how does one share the risk? How does one get these, get these uh, creeps away from you or away from your friends? I think it's, it's firstly, yeah, you do have to stand up for your friends when people attack because mm-hmm. uh, by doing so, of course, what you're doing is you're opening yourself up to a similar kind of attack. And that's scary. And that's why people won't do it. Mm-hmm. But you have to do that. You, you just have to because that's that's the morally right thing to do. Mm-hmm. The other thing, though, I think is to stand up for people who aren't your friends. Right. Who are being wronged. Stand up for people who you don't agree with. Who exactly. Are being wronged. Yeah. When, when, when someone is, um, you know, whenever I stand up for someone's right to freedom of expression, even if I hate what they've said, right? Mm-hmm. And this happens to me a lot. I get I get told that I'm endorsing what they're saying or supporting what they're saying. I'm not. I fundamentally oppose what they're saying, but I but I I want them to be able to say it because we've got to have the same rules for everyone. We've got to have freedom of speech for everyone. And I think so. The way to combat this is to is to try and get beyond this partisan tribal nonsense. To, to not say, oh well, I'm on the left, therefore I can't talk to someone on the right, yep. or I'm on the right and therefore I can't talk to someone on the left. You've got to just ignore all of that stuff and talk to each other as human beings and and be adult enough to disagree without just throwing insults and calling each other fascists or whatever like that. But whether it's going to get better before, I mean, I think it's going to get worse before it get, gets better mm-hmm. because the the trouble is, and we had it recently with the general election in the UK. Of course, Boris Johnson, uh, we loads of woke activists decided that Boris Johnson and the Conservative Party were fascists and racists. And therefore, if you vote for them, you are a fascist and racist, right? And the country's full of it. Yeah. So now that they got in and they won, they yeah. say, ah, that's proved us right. The whole country's full of racists. Right. So they decided on the premise and then they took the outcome to prove their own premise, mm-hmm. right? And you have the same thing in America with Donald Trump. So they'll, the, the woke will say, anyone who votes for Donald Trump is a fascist and a racist, and America is full of fascists and racists. Then he wins and they say, look, we were right all along. So they end up, so in other words, they take it as proof of their own false premise and they double down. Yeah. So every time this thing happens, every time this, and I'm sure Trump will win again this, this, this year, every time this happens, they take that as further proof mm-hmm. that they are right all along and they need to keep uh, going down their authoritarian route to to make these things better. So that's why the spiral nev- will never end. They will keep descending. Yeah. And at some point, that's why it will get worse, I think. But at some point, it's going to implode because there's going to be like a tipping point where people are like, do you know what? I can't keep going along with this. Yes. Like, <laughs> that, that has to be because otherwise we'll just live in this, this collective asylum forever and ever. It can't work. Yeah, it's especially um, identity politics. You watch it is that it, it's that crocodile that eats you last. It's like th- yeah. there's nobody like sooner I, 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 in the in the grievance Olympics. Everybody turns on each other because sure. I have to be the most oppressed. And and then it's like, OK, well, no, I am because the intersectionality is the piling up of identities. And at a certain point. 
It's like there's just too many identities. There are more identities yeah. than people, and they're and they're miserable. And I, I also do think like sooner or later you got to get a job, and you can't <laughs> you can't work with people like this is this kind of behavior is antithetical to a, to a a, a, a a humming workplace. Like you can't have a coworker like this unless like right. though I you know that's interesting because in England you know I lived in England. You guys have the best sitcoms. Peep Show was getting close to this. There has yeah. to be a sitcom that. Creates that kind of character so people can like that. Uh, Titania has to be a character that's on a that's, show. That's one of the reasons I wanted to make the character as well is I wanted people to be able to laugh at this type yeah. of person so, so that this person becomes a figure of fun because these powerful, powerful people hate being laughed at. Right? Yeah, they absolutely hate it. That's why tyrants throughout history have locked up satirists, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that was one way to do it is to just try and just to try and bring them down a peg or two and, and make people realize that it's okay to laugh at these people. But but the problem you have really is that a lot of the people in in, in charge of TV and TV commissioners are themselves really woke. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and that, that whole industry is really part of the problem. It's actually part of the thing I'm mocking, right? Yeah. Well, you know, so, the, the, uh, sorry, the evidence of that in America was the Justice Smollett. Nobody could yeah. question that hoax because right. you were exactly. not woke. If you questioned that hoax, you were not sufficiently woke. Right. But that's that's one of the examples of where it does go too far and turns on itself, because there comes a point where even even people who wouldn't be his natural supporters have to turn around and say, yeah. oh, actually, come on. Yes. <laughs> you know, so so that's the that's the sort of hope is that when things get yeah. really out of control, uh, then then people will going to people are going to stand up and say, no, actually, we've got to we've got to put a stop to this and get normality and sanity back. Well, here's my suggestion, Andrew. Um I would I would definitely write a treatment with her as a character and get those guys get uh, I know Jess Jess Armstrong is no longer like he's he's too big now but uh, it, I just feel like it's a peep show type show with uh, with sure. and she is like a she is like the central character it would be yeah. amazing um, but um, where can the people find you Andrew Well you can find me on Twitter Andrew Doyle underscore com mm-hmm. uh, Titania is at um, at Titania McGrath. Um, I've got a website, andrewdoyle.co.uk. Uh, so yeah, um, come and follow me. Do the usual social media stuff. Excellent. Well, thank you, sir. Have a lovely rest of your evening. I will. I will. Oh, and I should say as well, if you're interested in Titania, she has got a book. She's got a book called Woke, A Guide to Social Justice. Excellent. Which is, which is like her sort of take, take down of society uh, in about 18 chapters. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that came out about, about six months ago, right? It I, is, and I'm writing a, another one now. Fantastic. She's writing a book aimed at children. Oh, um, even better. Greta. I you've seen all these, these woke children's <laughs> yes. books that are coming out. Yes. So How dare you? You cannot criticize them. How dare you attack a child? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. awesome. I can't wait. And you can get that book on Amazon everywhere. I remember when it came out. It was hilarious. Yeah. So good luck. Congratulations on that. Thanks so much, Greg. Take care. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.